Sugarcoated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. everybody and welcome back to Sugar Coated. I'm your host Adrian Garland and I am super excited today to introduce you all to my guest. Her name is Erin Prather Statford and she is with Girls That Create. She's an award-winning writer, editor, and podcaster who loves to build communities and tell stories that ignite change. She's the mother of two girls and a holder of a master's degree in gender and international development. She believes in improving representation imbalances and supporting girls and women in the arts, and that that's key to changing gender disparity everywhere. I am so excited to welcome you to Sugar Coated, Erin. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Oh, I'm so excited because what you are doing is probably the most important thing to empower girls to really think creatively and to tap into our inner wisdom. And I think that if we can sort of instill that empowerment in girls early, we can prevent some of the things that happen to us and has, you know, happened to me as we sort of move through our lives. So can you just talk a little bit about you and what got you into this whole entire world? Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned about, can we start younger so that our girls, as they get older or not, don't have the same challenges that maybe you and I have experienced. They kind of have a better footing about how to deal with the obstacles that will come their way as they build their careers. My joke is to my career coach friends, I say, I love y'all, but my goal is to like make, have girls not need y'all as much when they get older to try to figure out how to unpack, you know, all the messaging they may have received over the years. I want that messaging to be spun around and be more positive. And I got, you know, interested in this work. I was very fortunate to go to college and take gender class in my part of my communication major. And that really kind of opened my eyes to representation and made me think critically about media and what were the messages that were coming at us. And how does that impact not just uh, women, but also men? Like, how does that impact all of us? Mm-hmm. And, you know, through my work, um, I pursued communications, but was always very aware of who was at the, um, the leadership table making these decisions. And for way too long, it has been very male-dominated. And we've seen some progress, not as much as I would like to see, which is actually what brought me to creating Girls That Create because I was very fortunate to be a part of a documentary film project called Wonder Women, The Untold Story of American Superheroines. And the film looked at the character of Wonder Woman as a powerful woman, if you know, starting in the 1940s, how the changes in her as a character was a reflection of American society's views of powerful women and what we were seeing on the screen, you know, TV and film. Mm -hmm. And at the other half of that documentary, we started asking the question, who's creating the stories that our girls are consuming? 
who's creating the stories that, you know, who's, ma- who's making those decisions about what we're seeing on the screen and those messaging. And, you know, this is before there was a Wonder Woman feature film, way before that. Fundraising for the film, I constantly would bring up the question, well, how many Batman movies have we had? How many Superman movies have we had to this point? And there's technically supposed to be the, you know, DC Comics trifecta. And at that time, there had never been a Wonder Woman feature film. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing to see the reaction to that because, you know, a lot of our supporters and people who want to support the project, I mean, they caught on immediately were like, that is this, yes, we need to be asking that question. And then we got a Wonder Woman feature film. And that first one was, I mean, I I cried because I was just like, it was to me, it was the Patty Jenkins and Gail Gadot did a great job of bringing that story to life on the big screen. You know, I thought things were like, okay, we're getting better. Things are much better. And then I did, I'd had my daughters and I was in a Target. I had read some research about the fact that there were less women directors of big films in 2018 than there had been, I believe, in 1998. Like, oh there was gosh. less. It was really? something, it was along those lines. And it just made me realize that oh, I had thought a lot had changed. Apparently not enough had changed. And then I looked at other areas of the arts, whether it be in songwriting, authors, just just kind of just checking around and seeing, like, what was going on. And I still saw a lot of discrepancies. And I just was like, wow, I thought we were better, but apparently we're not getting there. So I kind of was like, what can I do? My little corner of the world. So literally I am pushing the cart in Target thinking about this. And um, I don't know how many people do great thinking at Target. Sometimes yeah. it just, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and it just dawned on me, I'm like, what if I start a site that helps parents and caregivers of creative girls that what if I start a site that provides resources for them a lot like what we see for girls who are interested in STEM? Mm-hmm. And this is in no way in competition with STEM. I think they should just get to both coexist together because obviously we have girls and women doing wonderful things in STEM. And I want to have girls and women who can tell the stories of those women as well, the storytellers. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that. that's how I think they need to interact together and move forward together. So that's what kind of made me or inspired me to create Girls That Create. I love that so much, Erin. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about STEM and creativity coexisting, I I think in so many ways, they're the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. All all of the technology and the math and everything, it's it's all intertwined with creativity. It's, It's what's our vision for, you know, the future and how can we use some of these tools to enable that? And you cannot get there if you're not thinking creatively. So even to think about it as separate is something that we probably need to reframe and think about, no, these two things do need to, like you say, coexist. I love that so much. And it's funny. um, I know a woman, she started a company called GoGo Sports Girls. And she was walking around in Target and she was buying, I think of buying a doll for her daughter. And all she saw were were like the sexed up, you know, uh, dolls and everything like that. And, And it's like, what type of messaging is that giving to our young girls that you have to be like that in order to, you know, fit into society? There's so many other types of people that that's not even real, you know? And so she started a company that was all about sports and girls and dolls that represented, you know, who we are. And it's so unfortunate that there's so much messaging that is in the media that just like kind of seeps into 
all of us that makes us think that women have got to be a certain way and then we get dismissed. Like it's, it is just, it's disgusting, you know? And I I actually, in my business and She Leads Media, my whole mission is to get more women's voices, thoughts, and opinions out into the world, right? Because we need that balance because the media is imbalanced. So what you're doing is so super important. And as girls, we also have to learn that our ideas, the way that we think about the world and the way that we see things, we need to to be more proud and put that out there. So what are some of the actual things that you are doing through your company in order to help girls? And then I I would say probably help women as well. So on the site, we focus, we have different sections. We have a parenting section, which is definitely more for parents and caregivers. It's broken out by age. Some of the stories kind of cover all the ages in a way, and other ones are very specific to whether you have a high schooler or a school-age kid or even a preschooler. And then we, this year, launched the Girls That Create podcast in partnership with Word of Mom Radio because, Mm -hmm. again, uh, I am a communications background. I am a curator is one of my strengths. I love to curate information. And I'm like the person who constantly is like, have you read this book? Oh, here is this. Oh, there's a documentary about that. I just, um, it's like, brings me joy to help people find more resources about things they're interested in. And that is something I found with the podcast because I would see all these, I mean, there's just so many extraordinary people doing wonderful things with wonderful information and very thoughtful ways of looking at the world, very different from how I see it. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to them about it. What have they learned? What is, you know, they've dived into a topic. You know, the podcast has covered things from, we had Jessica Leahy on, who's uh, author of The Addiction Inoculation, which has talked about substance abuse and how can we talk with our kids about substance abuse and make sure they don't fall victim to it, which I think is important as well with creativity and arts, because there's Mm -hmm. always been a little bit of a stigma about, well, maybe you need to have some substance to be creative. Maybe that's how you tap into it. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, but you know, things to have, she provides resources to have these conversations with your kids before they head off into the world. Yeah. So they can be better thoughtful, you know, walking that path of life, be more thoughtful in their approach to it. And, you know, and then we, you know, I try to on the podcast kind of flip back and forth between very more parenting centric, but then also creatives, you know, women who are doing really great work in creative fields. And one of the reasons is that there's, again, you know, the stereotype of the starving artist. And that's something I kind of wanted to debunk because to say, hey, just because your child comes home and says, I want to pursue graphic design, I'm really into visual art, or maybe I want to do dance or theater or, you know, poetry. Not to prepare, I wanted to help parents not freak out about that, but to look at what skill sets can be built into their child's interests and make sure that they didn't have the door shut to them, that yeah. they that understand that they can move forward with that and think about it. And at the same time, you know, creatives, I think traditionally, I mean, I wouldn't say just creatives, I think in general, in school systems and women, we have not been taught all the financial skill sets that mm-hmm. we need for to, you know, start a business, to, you know, be financially savvy, to start young with how can we make sure that we are smart with our money from a very young age. So we also have uh, posts that deal with monetary issues and advice and things that could, you know, help parents think about those conversations. Again, what can they be talking with their kiddos now 
oh, you want to be an entrepreneur. Well, here are things we need to discuss. You want to make this where you need to have it, you know, depending on age, but an account and a savings and how are you going to, you know, write a budget out? So yeah. that's kind of the um, the material that we're trying to put out in the world because I think, again, if we can kind of get ahead of the game, then we're not playing catch up later on. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you are thinking about, well, first of all, creativity really does permeate everything, right? So just because you're creative doesn't mean that you are going to be a starving artist or dancer or whatever. You can you can literally infuse creativity into any field whatsoever. But I do talk so much on this podcast about how important it is for women to invest, right? And to to get financially literate because the earlier that we start and the earlier that we understand that compound effect of interest, the the better off we'll, we'll be. And some point in our lives, if we do want to, you know, go down a creative path that maybe traditionally, you know, doesn't necessarily generate a ton of income, well, maybe we'll have built up enough that we can pursue that with joy and not worry that we have to, you know, turn whatever it is that we're creating into something, into a business even. You know, maybe it's just something that we can pursue, not even as a hobby, but just, you know, as part of our lives and that we have the freedom to be able to do that. So I I just love it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the biggest, I mean, even with my girls, I am, I tell them with interest, your biggest gift is time. So the yes. younger you are, the <laughs> earlier you start, then guess what? Down the road, you will have resources that, to your point, change the direction of your life. And maybe yeah. you do have a dream of a business you wanted to you know, start or, again, pursue your art. And that way, you can say, you know what? I've got a nest egg and I can do this. And my yeah. family will be fine. I will be fine. Yeah. Whatever your circumstances are. How old are your girls? Uh, one is 13 and the other one is nine. Oh my gosh. Oh, how much fun. That is such a, those are such great ages. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, if, it, I just love it because if you can start having those conversations with them now, uh, imagine, you know, imagine who they can be as high schoolers and going into college and, you know, not, not making decisions based on, okay, you know, what career can I get into that's going to make me the most money? versus what, you know, what can I pursue that's going to bring me the most joy? That is definitely not a question that I asked myself when I was going into college. And also, I think having those answers too, that if someone, if you are, say you have someone who does want to go pursue an art degree and everyone's like, oh, you're just throwing money down the drain. And you know what, if they've done research and they've looked at it in career path and they've reached out, they have mentors, they have made connections, they have, you know, maybe done some internships or jobs that have let them um, open their eyes to what is possible, then they know how to make the most out of that degree that they're earning, that they're pursuing. Okay, yeah. I know what possibilities are out there for this type of degree as a job versus, you know, I feel sometimes people go in and get a degree and then they get out on the other end and they're like, okay, what am I going to do with this? They didn't even ask the questions when they were actually getting the degree. Yeah. And we have to, we have to empower girls to be able to do that too. And to also be able to speak from our authentic selves and not 
try to please whoever is asking us the question. So I, I hope that the, a, a lot of the work that you do is also sort of like that secondary benefit is getting girls to trust themselves and what they have inside and to bring that forth versus just trying to, you know, fit into what society thinks that we should be. Oh, absolutely. I, one of our most popular posts is about helping girls use their voice. And how mm. are teaching girls how to use their voice, but it dives into not just uh, not just you know talking with people, but simple things like when you're talking with someone, look them in the eye. Like how I mean, these are skill sets that it isn't exactly like maybe some people will you know or totally just know that, but a lot I think it's still skills that need to be reminded and taught. Yeah, you know when you're standing up to speak, look out. Don't you know look up. Be proud of who you are. You know again, I have made a film with Wonder Woman in it. So of course, but the Wonder Woman stance is always yes. <laughs> one of my favorite little chunks of research about if before a speech, you kind of do the Wonder Woman stance with your hands on your hips and pull your shoulders back and feel, you know, and make yourself feel like, yes, I'm going to walk in there and rock this thing. All those little tips and ways to present yourself in the world can make such a difference. And not only how people see you, but how you see yourself. I totally agree. I use that Wonder Woman stance and and the Amy Cuddy. Uh, I always, you know, reference the Amy Cuddy research because I have a conference. It's called She Leads Live, and I've been producing it every year since 2013. But before I get up there and and introduce myself to everybody, I always go into you know a, one of the larger stalls in the bathroom, and I do the the Wonder Woman power pose, and it. You know, I don't care whether it's a placebo effect or what, but it gives me incredible confidence. It does feel like it's changing something within me. And it allows me to step up in front of a couple of hundred people and confidently talk. And I wasn't always the most confident person, but I definitely developed that. And I think if we can you know, instill that in our girls from early on, then we can do much more powerful things. Absolutely. As far as, uh, you know, growing up, I I grew up in the, you know, the the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And it was definitely difficult to sort of stake my claim, especially in the business world. I was in the world of finance and I, I loved it in a lot of ways because I was sort of the only woman in the room in a lot of these places. And it made me feel special, I think, to be able to, you know, be able to sort of keep up with the guys. But there weren't a lot of women around me. And I think that that was really unfortunate. So I I developed a little bit of, of confidence through my work in corporate, although corporate was definitely not for me. But there are other women that they have these incredible things that are within themselves and and they're not girls anymore, right? What can we do now as, you know, grown women that might not have had the resources that you are providing to these girls? What can we do now to kind of learn from some of these things that you're learning and and empower ourselves to be more confident? I think it cannot be said enough times sponsor someone you believe in, mentor someone you believe in. And they're actually two different things. Mentorship is when someone comes and you, you know, it could be you're mentoring a friend's daughter. So they may be on a similar track of your career. And so you're walking them through, again, when we mentioned the opportunities, the possibilities 
um, look at this program, think about this, here's a leadership class opportunity that you might want to get into to help develop skills. That's more mentorship. Sponsorship is when you're in a company and you see someone that you believe in and you advocate for them. You advocate for their growth. You advocate for them to be part of any kind of leadership programs at that company or a nonprofit. You know, you look, you help look for opportunities so that they can grow because you believe in them. And men have been traditionally really good at this. Women have not been as good at this. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's like a ton of research about it and more research coming about why that is, but that's just kind of what has been shown. So I think right now, you know, if you come across someone who's starting out or even in their mid-level career, but you see something that you feel your gut tells you this person's got it, mm. think about ways you can help them advance where you guys are working together. I love that. And and what about for women that are a little bit older, right? And And they're in a place where maybe they feel embarrassed to ask for a mentor like you know someone someone that's in their their 40s their 50s and and let's say they're they they've left corporate and they want to start a business of their own but they don't necessarily have the confidence to do so how can some of those women kind of gain the confidence and skills that they need in order to tap into their creativity that they may have left behind when when they were in high school <laughs> So um, I'm a I'm I'm from Texas, so I'm gonna use I'm a big fan of another Texan, Brene Brown. I know yes. I'm sure that's been discussed at points, but her work on vulnerability it's really mm. it's true. You're gonna have to be vulnerable. You're gonna mm. have to reach out to people and express what you need, want, desire, and prepare yourself. I mean, also understand like if I have a coffee with someone, then I need to not be all over the place. Just get to the point. I want to start this type of business. I think I'm thinking about switching careers and going to this type of role. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how, what direction I need to go in. I'm not being appreciated at the company I'm at right now or the yeah. role I'm at right now. I just, it's just not working anymore. You know, if you, you know, obviously respect someone's time, but you would be amazed if you are willing to go out and be vulnerable with people. A lot of people will want to help you. Yeah. And I think it's, and I get it. I struggle with this. My husband has at times been like, you have an amazing network. Go tap into it. I don't want to bother people. I don't yeah. want to bug them. I, oh, I'll sure I'll figure it out. And, you know, it's funny to write about things. And I mean, I think a lot of people do this, but write about things that you tell people like, you should be doing this. And I would tell my friend to do this or my, you know, a family member. But then my, me and myself, I still find myself caught up in that. Oh, I just don't want to, I don't want to yeah. bother anyone. Yeah, I I have the same exact feeling. I have this like incredible network and I often feel like, well, I don't really want to bother them with this because what happens if down the road I really need them for something and I've sort of, you know, cashed in my chips already. And I think that that is unfortunate because I don't think that there's like a limit to how people can can help you. I also think that there's a really nuanced way to do that because I have gotten requests from people that are like, let me pick your brain. Like, tell me about this. And, you know, and it feels really yucky because on the one hand, I would like to help someone. On the other hand, it crosses over into like, I really should be charging you for this advice because it's hard one experience that I have, you know, gained. And at some point, 
you know, I want to charge for it. So, and then I don't. And then I end up in a resentful place, Mm -hmm. you know, helping someone and I I really don't want to be. So I I think that that we really need to kind of like figure that out. And I do agree with you that, and maybe just because they've had more practice, I do see men being able to navigate that better. And they definitely, if they get to a point like, hey, we've crossed the line now, like this, you need to start paying me. That is, you know, it's stated and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. And there's no, there's no, um, I don't know what the word is, but there's no like, oh God, like she's being such a bitch, you know? No, people understand it now. I feel that more people have come to understand because more people are entrepreneurs and consultants. And I think the culture has shifted. Yeah. I will say this though. One thing I found again, communication. So a lot of people like from businesses, nonprofit, I mean, they're always like, hey, so what are your thoughts on XYZ? And I'm kind of like, what I've done is I have, you know, several books that I've read that I just think are good. Mm-hmm. Just good, almost like, I wouldn't say comms 101, but maybe just, you know, but just in general, good things for people to think about if they're wanting to expand their communications or put together a strategic plan. And I just kind of have those books to recommend. Oh, well, here's a book I think would be really helpful. Mm. And then if they push back and are asking for more assistance, then we can kind of have the conversation. Oh, well, you know, actually, that's part of my, I mean, I we charge for that. Here's my rate. But yeah, so I try not to leave them. I mean, I completely awake with nothing, but I try to just say, hey, here's a book that I, I found helpful in my career to think about things. Yeah. This is an interesting bit of conversation because you read a lot about, you know, serve, 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 right? And sort of that's the message that a lot of women are given to, like, please, 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 right? Like, always please the other person, always serve the other person, stop, don't be selfish, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I love what you're saying, like, have some resources available, but then also have that boundary, like, hey, this is, you know, this is my business and this is what I do. I'd be happy to help you. These are my, you know, rates. This is how we normally work with people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that if someone, because I've had this, you know, if someone sort of pushes back against that or they, they just want free advice because even if they're your friend or something, we as women also have got to stop doing that to other women. We have to stop assuming that, oh, our friend or, you know, who, whoever it is that we might know, that they're just going to help us. So yeah. it, it, it's like a two-way street that we have to walk down and we have to practice too. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I mean, that's what I was thinking too. Like, if you're going to make an ask, you're going to be vulnerable. Have the ask direct, clear, thought out. Because you don't, it's, it's a respect thing. You don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time. You, you want it to be a good meeting, coffee, and whatever, phone call. And everyone walks away from it feeling, oh, good, I was able to help someone a little bit and you got what you, your ask, your ask was answered. Yeah, I love that. So how can people sort of get in touch with you, learn more about your work, watch your documentary? (laughs) How can they, how can they get in touch with you? So our documentary is now on Canopy, which is the streaming service through the library system. Uh, some libraries are part of Canopy, some are not, but you can check around and see if your library system is part of that. And I mean, I laugh, I will admit, I was a little grumps about it being uh, considered this, uh, what did they call it? This classic documentary from 
<laughs> 2013. I was like, oh, it's only been 10 years. Do I have, am I classic now? Okay. <laughs> classic already? Um, okay. It's a good um, thing. That's a good it thing. It is a good thing. I just cracked up. I just was like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? But that yeah. is where you can find it. And it's online as well. And then with Girls That Create, uh, girlsthatcreate.com. And you'll see our social at the top of the page if you want to see, you know, follow us on any of the different social platforms. Um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube are the ones mainly that we kind of put things up on consistently. And then there's a newsletter as well, because everyone, you know, has a newsletter. Yes. <laughs> and I try to do, um, I try to make it, I try to make it something that shows up in your inbox that, you know, with some, with some new things, but then also kind of a summary of what came out on the site in the podcast for the fall, the past month. Oh, I love that. So if you, so yeah, you don't have to check the page every, you know, when you know think about it, you can just wait for the newsletter. And then if you see a story that speaks to you, then you can go read it. Awesome. And your podcast yeah, it's also, um, you can go through girlsthatcreate.com. And then we are part of Word of Mom Radio. Okay. So if you're going to where you listen to podcasts, you'll find, look for Word of Mom Radio and then click there. And my um, episodes air every Monday. Awesome. Erin, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. I'm so happy that we are now in company with one another. I'm going to dive into your content and definitely watch the documentary because I, I definitely am all about helping women, but also recognize that it's got to start early. So helping girls is is a really deep part of my heart that I, I would like to uh, just dive into a little bit more because I've been so focused on helping women, but we, we have to back, back it up and start early. Yeah. I do want to say one more thing. The easiest, most simple way you can support women creatives is go see their work. Mm. Go see the art shows, buy the books, watch the streaming, what, you know, shows by, that are created by women, and then go see the movies. Because as we know of the year, the summer of Barbie, that is tapped into something bigger than itself at a 1 billion mark yeah, ticket sales. It's amazing. Because she, it's, she got to tell the story she wanted to tell. Yeah. And everyone has been, you know, understands and sees that. Oh, I love that. That's such a great message to end on. Thank you so much, Erin, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was great to be here. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.